You are listening to the Law and Gospel on this Monday, April the 11th, in the year of our Lord, 2022. I'm Pastor Tom Baker, and Law and Gospel is going to be looking at probably the most important Sunday of the entire year. It's called Easter. Yes, we still have some Lent to do, Monday, Thursday, Good Friday. We'll probably talk about that on Wednesday. But today we're going to be taking a look at one of the readings for Easter, and we're going to look at the gospel, Luke chapter 24. So without further ado, let's begin. On the first day of the week, at early dawn, they went to the tomb, taking the spices they had prepared. So, When you read that sentence, who is they? Why the first day of the week? Uh, There's so much there right there. And we would like to suggest that the first day of the week was the resurrection of Jesus Christ, just as the first day of creation was also on a Sunday. You know, a lot of people think about, well, It was created and finished in seven days and ended on Saturday, the day of rest. So it began on Sunday. God chose that Jesus would rise on Sunday as the first day of the week to begin the resurrected church. And so also at early dawn, it says they went to the tomb taking the spices they had prepared. Who is they? Well, one of the great principles of the Reformation, of course, is Scripture interprets Scripture. So when you have a question like this, the pastor is to find where else in Scripture it is explained and is explained 10 verses later. Now, it was Mary Magdalene and Joanna and Mary, the mother of James, and the other women with them who had gone to the tomb. Now, can we say that they were great followers of Jesus? Yes, they certainly were. Jesus did not have his own home. Often he would have meals in their homes. They would take care of him and the disciples. So that was not at all unusual. But they were followers of Jesus. Can we say they were great believers? Well, there we have to say no. No. How can you be a follower of Jesus and not be a believer? Well, think about it. What is a believer? One who believes the word of God. Now, what makes me say that their belief was not very strong? Because they were going to the tomb, taking spices they had prepared. Now, imagine that. These women with the disciples had heard Jesus say that he would, yes, die in Jerusalem, but then rise three days later. So why were they taking spices to 
take care of a dead body because they did not believe the word of Jesus. I'm not saying that they were unbelievers, but they did not have a strong faith in what Jesus had to say because it was so unbelievable. Anyway, they were really worried about how are they going to roll away the rock that was in front of the tomb and the great stone. But when they got there, the stone they found had already been rolled away from the tomb. So they went in and did not find the body of the Lord Jesus. Now, why would they be looking for the body of the Lord Jesus if they believed that he had risen from the dead? They would be looking for somebody who was alive. And they were perplexed about this. In other words, they couldn't figure it out. Later on, we know that one of them saw Jesus, thought he was the gardener, and asked, where have they taken his body? They thought it had been stolen or put somewhere else. But that means they were perplexed. And while they were perplexed about this, verse 4 says of Luke 24, that's what we're looking at, Behold, two men stood by them, in dazzling apparel. Now, this is what's very interesting, that Scripture interprets Scripture, and we know that these were angels from other books of the Bible. And these two angels, in dazzling apparel, probably in brilliant white, because that's the color that we wear. Remember? We're wearing white robes dipped in the blood of Christ. And why are they white? Because that indicates our righteousness. And anyway, the women were frightened, and they bowed their faces to the ground. And then the men said to them, Why do you seek the living among the dead? Now, This is great evangelism. It's great evangelism because on the Mount of Transfiguration, God the Father said, this is my beloved son, listen to him. And great evangelism is repeating what him says, namely what Jesus says. And they say, remember? how he told you while he was still in Galilee that the Son of Man must be delivered into the hands of sinful men and be crucified and on the third day rise. So there's your evidence that Jesus not only told the disciples, in fact, in the Gospel according to St. Mark, he told them that three times. And, of course, they would have shared that with others. And many a time women were with Jesus when he was preaching. Mary and Martha, remember, they listened to Jesus. And I'm sure he would have said something along these lines. So why were they seeking the living among the dead? 
because you go to a grave to seek the dead. But he is not here. He has risen. And then they remind them how he told them while he was still in Galilee, that means before the crucifixion, that the Son of Man must be delivered into the hands of sinful men. The phrase Son of Man was one of Jesus' favorites when he was referring to himself. It really comes out of Daniel chapter 7, where the Ancient of Days is on his throne, that's God the Father, and he sends to earth the Son of Man in order to redeem the world, to save it from its sin. And of course, that redemption included his death on the cross. So Jesus had prophesied. He had said this. And yet these women who were very close to him did not believe him. It it helps the congregation to know that there are promises from Jesus that are really hard to believe. For example, during this time of the virus, God's word is still true that all things are working out to our good. But a lot of times we don't see that. We may have friends getting ill, some of them even dying, and we wonder, why is God doing this? Well, one reason is because it's for our good. And because we can't figure that out, we're perplexed. And we therefore, at times, do not believe the promises of God. So it's very important that pastors really teach the promises of God, because that is the essence of the gospel. Promises connected to the shuns of God. Shuns of God, what's shun? Well, T-I-O-N, the incarnation the crucifixion, the resurrection, the ascension. Yes, these are part of the gospel, knowing that we too, in Christ, through baptism, have risen from the dead. We are now alive. What does that mean? Weren't we alive before baptism? We were, well, fleshly alive, but not spiritually alive. And when Jesus says, I am the way, the truth, and the life, he's referring to spiritual life that we receive. Well, what's spiritual life? It's the life that Adam and Eve had in the Garden of Eden prior to their fall into sin. They were righteous in the sight of God. Obviously, when Adam and Eve did a good work prior to their fall, it could not be because they were trying to get to heaven. They were already in the heaven. The Garden of Eden was a wonderful heaven. In fact, in Revelation, the new heavens and the earth are described as the old Garden of Eden, where there's no pain, no suffering, no death. So we're returning to that in Christ. What does that mean? 
When we talk about in Christ, we're talking about those who believe in the promises of Christ. And you would think that these women would have been rejoicing to know that he would rise from the dead. It's important to understand that. There was one woman who washed the feet of Jesus with expensive perfume because she knew that she would not have time to anoint him since she believed the promise that he was going to rise from the dead. But many of these women did not believe the promise, even though they were followers of Jesus. So you can be a follower of Jesus and yet have weak faith in one area or another. It can occur because you take a look at the world through the old Adam, that's your sinful self, and you can't at often see the works of Jesus that are wonderful, that are blessed. He himself gives that indication in what's called the Beatitudes. Those are the blessings that we receive. Blessed are those who are persecuted for my name's sake. Well, how is that a blessing to be persecuted? Because in that persecution, it is because you have confessed Jesus to be the Christ. And therefore, that is a tremendous good work given to you by the Holy Spirit. And it shows your faith, your faith in Jesus who saves you. You are never saved by any work you do because your good works are responses to God for the salvation that he has given to you. And these women did not quite recognize that. So, guess what? The angels say that the Son of Man told you he must be delivered into the hands of sinful men and be crucified and on the third day arise. Verse 8, and they remembered his words. So the gift of remembering is really wonderful. So this remembering occurs. They return from the tomb and tell all these things to the 11 and to all the rest. Now that would be the 11 disciples and to all the rest. And then they name who it was, Mary Magdalene and Joanna and Mary, the mother of James and the other women. And they went and told these things to the apostles. Now, how did the apostles respond? Because they would have told them to have remembered what was going on. But these words seemed to them an idle tale, and they did not believe them. Isn't that interesting? The disciples they were told to remember what Jesus had promised, but they thought it was an idle tale, and they did not 
listen to them. These words to them seem to be ridiculous. So they did not only not believe the women, but they probably remembered that Jesus had said this as the women had, and they still didn't believe it because they too were perplexed as we find out in verse 12. But Peter rose and ran to the tomb. Stooping and looking in, he saw the linen cloths by themselves. That's what Jesus had been wrapped in. And he went home marveling at what had happened. Notice, not rejoicing at what had happened, but marveling. Why? Because he had great trouble believing that Jesus had risen from the dead. He couldn't figure it out. He marveled that the body was gone and that the rock had been moved away from the front of the tomb, but he didn't understand that it was a fulfillment of the promise of Jesus Christ. So Easter is more than an occasion when we celebrate the resurrection of Jesus' body from the dead. Easter is the occasion when we can remember that we too are like the women. Many a time we do not believe the promises of Jesus Christ. I I can prove it to you because in the liturgy, we as Lutherans often confess that we are poor, miserable sinners deserving nothing but temporal and eternal punishment because we continue to sin by thought, word, and deed. And those sins are such that that is unbelief. There isn't a sin we do that does not break the first commandment. Thou shalt have no other gods before me. What does that mean? We should fear, love, and trust in God above all things. So when we sin, we have another idol. And an idol doesn't have to be really something of a different religion. Idols can be maybe money we want or possessions like a nice house, a nice car, or even our looks, etc., they can become idolatry where we're more concerned about them than we are about the promises from Jesus. And those promises of Jesus come to us free of charge. That's why the Reformation teaches we're saved by grace, through faith, on account of Jesus. By grace means that we get something we do not deserve because God is merciful to us, which means that we don't get what we deserve. Instead, we get what we don't deserve, many blessings and the forgiveness of sins. Even when we doubt and we sin, God takes care of us. He promises never to give a temptation beyond what we are able to endure. But if we don't 
turn to Jesus for help. There are temptations we will fall into sin. It's not a sin to have a temptation. Jesus was tempted by the devil in the wilderness. The sin occurs when we fall into such temptation. When we give the impression that, boy, that's what I want to do, rather than what God tells us to do. Listen to Law & Gospel each weekday morning at 9.30 on KFUO. For a tax-deductible gift to Law & Gospel, please make your check out to Law & Gospel and mail to Law & Gospel P.O. Box 28910, St. Louis, Missouri 63132 or call toll-free 1-877-267-1962. Views and opinions expressed on Worldwide KFUO may not represent the official position of the management or ownership of KFUO, the Lutheran Church, Missouri Synod.